Quarter of a mile to go in the Pacific Classic. Flavion Pratt and Flightline are an embarrassing lead. It must be 15 lengths as they turn for home now. And let's see, Flavion Pratt just shakes the reins at Flightline. And take a good look at this, because you're not going to see this too often. Maybe never again. Flightline, 20 lengths clear. Flavion Pratt takes a hold and canters in in the TVD Pacific Classic. There were these two races. And dudes named Aaron and Jared Who had advice some racing and they wanted to share it Started a website where players go to see all their picks The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to So next time that the horses all line up at the post Make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Gulfstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. Racing Dudes.com, as good as it gets. Do it twice for good measure. How about that? Uh, what's up, everybody? It's Jared Walsh. He's Aaron Haltzman. This is a special Blinkers Off. What's up, dude? Not much, man. Yeah, so nice. You had to play it twice there. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I, uh, I, I actually left it. It, it went again, so then I or I accidentally left the loop option on. Either one. <laughs> both, both are possible situations. But... It was good enough to play twice because it was that kind of performance. And, uh, you know, I texted you this morning. Uh, you know, we don't ever. I don't know. We probably count on one hand how many times we've done a Sunday blinkers off and in all 573 episodes. But I texted you this morning, and I was like, you know, it just feels like one of those races that we need to jump on here and talk as fast as we can. You know, you and I were separate yesterday. You were at the OU game. We haven't really had a chance to – to really talk about the performance together. So I thought, let's get on the air. Let's talk with the fans. Let's just go through it because, you know, it's one of, you don't want to wait till Thursday when we regular, you know, we do our blinkers off to actually talk about flight line because that was too good a performance to wait on. Well, I mean, I think the, the fact that we're on the air kind of tells you what we think of it. I, I It was the best performance I've ever seen. Uh, and I started following racing in 2007. And maybe when we, we kind of talk about it, we'll give some context of what I mean by that. But, it, you know, the longer you stay in the game, the more you kind of get greatness redefined for you. You know, at the first, it's like a Curlin and Zenyatta and Rachel, and they were great. But then it's like, wow, here comes Pharaoh and Justify. Maybe they're a little better, you know. And then, then you get arrogant. And it's like, wow, that's actually what a great, great, like the greatest horse looks like. And then you get yesterday and it's like, no, that actually is what an all time great looks like. So uh, it's, it's amazing how they kind of just keep topping each other as we go along. And again, I started in 2007. I'm not near well versed enough to speak about anything before that. But since I've started following it, that was something that's just ridiculous i've never seen anything like it uh actually now i have one reason why he can't win the, win the classic and that is flight line so there you go um yeah that's uh you know if you if you watched me and magic yesterday uh or last night during the the live stream talking about flight line of course and watching it and everything you know that's one thing we kept talking about or i kept talking about it's like you know, really just depends on what, you know, as far as, you know, I mentioned 25 to one on table on the future wagers. It's like, man, that's it's way too good a value because if he were to win the Pennsylvania Derby, obviously he's going to be a shorter price in the classic. But I said, it's all pending on what we see with Flightline. Well, <laughs> Flightline answered the question. You don't have to worry. Like it's you don't worry about it. I, I frankly think any money on any other horse value or not is, is wasted money at this point. Well, we've said it for weeks, and we've talked about it on Bleakers Off this week. It's like the, everything pivots on what happens in the Pacific Classic. Either he runs really well, and it's like, well, he's he's two to five, one to five to win the Breeders' Cup Classic, or he doesn't run and well at all, and he, he's off the trail for the Classic completely, and he's at another race, and the whole thing changes. 
it's over. If he runs in the classic, they're not going to beat him. Now, the good thing about it is if you're trying to beat him, he he does have trouble staying on the track. He's missed races that he's pointed to before. Uh, maybe this took a ton out of him and he doesn't even show up. I mean, that's possible. This is one of the very, very, very few times I would highly recommend playing a future wager. If you want to try to beat him, play the futures and don't play the day of the race. Because if he's there, you're just throwing money away. But if you're betting now, everybody else's odds are inflated, right? Right, right, and yeah. You bet, like, okay, if you want to bet, I would not bet Taba with stolen money. But if you want to bet him at 25 <laughs> to 1 right now, it's actually really smart to do it now versus November 5th or 4th, 5th, whatever it is, because you're getting an inflated price. And the only way you're going to win with him or any of these horses is, is if Flightline isn't there. Well, he might not be there, you know, and if he's not there, the table is going to be like six to one, eight to one. Now you're getting him at 25 to one. That's just one example. There's all kinds of other examples, but the value to bet if you're going to bet against him is absolutely right now, because if he shows up, you're, you're wasting your time. Yeah, life is good. Come, you know, is a very good example there as well. It's going to be extremely inflated because you would assume would be the favorite, um, if not close to the favorite of the classic, and you're be getting a ton of value on them now uh, after that performance. Versus that, the pool does close tomorrow, being the holiday. It closes tomorrow, so you have. Um, I haven't checked today to see what the odds are, but yeah, I mean, life is good to be one that would be an inflated value right now. It'd have to be money, like you said. You talked about stolen money. It'd have to be basically that. Just, just, just let it, because it's you're basically hoping. And I don't think any of us would want to sit here and hope that Flightline it's not going to make the race. But it's almost like a security. Um, if you really liked Epicenter, or if you really liked Life Is Good, or if you really liked Tabor, whatever it was, maybe just put a little bit of money on it right now, just to have as your little saver. But obviously, all things you know go through Flightline. I think. Well, for example, uh, Flightline is one to two currently in the pool, right? Uh, Epicenter is seven to one, and Life is Good is 11 to one. So if you want to take shots with those two horses, go ahead and do that. And if Flightline shows up, well, you've burned your money. And if he doesn't show up, then all of a sudden you've got seven to one on Epicenter, who's probably three to one on, on the day of the race. And Life is Good is probably two to one, and you got 11 to one. That, right. That's what right. I'm saying. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you guys got got to go watch the reaction of me and Magic watching yeah. this race live. Uh, it's on our YouTube page. Um, yeah, it, I, I, you know, this was as it was as raw as it gets from him and I. The reactions, you know, I'm in awe. He's jumping around like a maniac. It was uh, it was hilarious. Um, so go watch that on our YouTube page if you haven't already. And you know, I, I think we answered this question, Poison. I mean, yesterday the real question is: Will life is good and flat, like kill each other off? No. no, I mean, absolutely not. You saw. No, nope. even yesterday, you know, even though that was kind of more of a cheap speed situation, you know, Pratt was very okay with the fact of, and Flightline for that matter, was very much okay with the fact, hey, you know, go ahead. And then when I was ready to run, I'll run. Like, and if that's like, Flightline is such a smart horse and he's running so smartly that it, no horse, and we see this with the greats, no horse can dictate what he's going to do. No, that's the problem. That's that's the problem. Like you watched the race yesterday, and Jared, you said it perfectly. And it's funny because I kind of watch your guys' reactions, and we were thinking the same thing. And it's so dumb to think it now that you know the result. But it's like first turn, it's like he's wide. They're not really asking him. He's like letting the other horses within range of him. And I'm like, God damn! Like, what is it? What are they doing with this horse? Right. Well, they knew something that you know we kind of maybe we thought we knew, but not to that level. Well, it was just like, it doesn't matter what we do with him. He's going to kill them, right? Like, it doesn't, like, we don't have to send him. And we don't, we don't it's not, we don't have special instructions. It's just like, get him out there. Let him do whatever he wants. Ask him to go when you're ready for him to go. And he'll do it. <laughs> and that's, that's all it was. So, no, there is no burning each other out. If life is good goes out there and flies, flight line will be like, all right, and just sit right off of him. And if for some reason nobody goes, Flightline will just be like, all right, well, I guess I'll go take the lead now. Like, there's not, I don't know how you're going to mess with him. You're, you're literally, he's the type of horse, you're literally, it's just like, hopefully he doesn't show up if I'm going to try to bet against him, right? Yeah, and there's the, you know, you can, that's right after the the finish line there. <laughs> A little screenshot of, of, you know, I'm in awe. And Matt, I mean, literally, Magic's throwing his hat around. It was, and it was just, a, it was just a surreal, um, 
Yeah, and it was, it was a hard, the hard thing about that was is we were sitting there. We still had the Del Mar uh, handicap to do afterwards, you know, Breeders' Cup race. Magic leaves, you know, because he's got a disaster going on with his kid. And so I, I'm like, how am I supposed – I don't even know how I'm supposed to talk because I'm in awe of what I saw. It was it was impossible uh, to kind of keep the show moving because after that kind of performance, you just don't even know what to say. Uh, and and like, like, like the call says, like we may never – soak it in right because you may never see one like it ever again i can't imagine though i remember when beholder won the pacific classic and i thought wow i'll never see anything like that holy hell that was just unbelievable she just freaked on these horses and then you look back and it's like yeah he probably would have beat her by 10 <laughs> I mean, it's just insane yeah and she was unbelievable but he was just on another planet and yeah i was driving uh, i think we were about in tulsa driving home from the game and of course, I'm driving. I'm trying to watch the race. My dad's in the passenger seat, and we're watching it. And and, and he he moved and took the lead. My dad goes, "Oh, there he goes." And I was like, "Yeah, that might be a little quick though." Like, cause he made the move pretty early. It's like, "I ah, don't let him go any or don't let, hold him back any further." And like, he started to separate. And I I, I turned to my dad. And I said, "Is he just gonna like run away from everybody?" And he's like, "Well, surely the other horses see that move, and now they're gonna come at him." And he gets to the top of the stretch. I'm like. Oh my, like I, he may win this race by 20 links. Like nobody's moving and he's not slowing down. In fact, he's getting faster, but yeah. this is nuts. And yeah, it, it was, it was just like, I, I don't know that they saw him. Like he was so far ahead of them. Yeah. I got a, a 126 buyer, um, which was a very, I mean, it could have been faster, nearly broke the track record. The 126 is the second fastest figure ever. Second to Ghost Zapper, who got a 128 in 2004. But that 126 could have easily been higher. Um, he geared him down pretty much the whole stretch. Um, you know, just really just cruised home. So, you know, you, that number could have been 130 plus uh, with, with any kind of effort down the stretch. But he didn't need to. And and even Pratt said he today, he's like, it looked, because I didn't really, like, the horse, you know, uh, Keisha interviewed him today at Saratoga. It was like, were you worried that like he did too much or like you were kind of, you know, they might come, come to you a little bit. He's like, no, like, he's like, I didn't do anything. Basically. He's he like, did. the horse just went like, I, I didn't. I did. So by the time I looked back, he's like, I was surprised how far ahead we were of everybody. So he just kind of wrapped him up after that. But that's the thing. That's his horse is so smart. He kind of like, all right, like go ahead. And then he's like, all right, I'm sick of business. I'm just going to go ahead. And, uh, that's what the moment you're like, oh shit, here we go. So well, let's let's go through it. We got a big show, um, all flightline related. We're gonna get into the spinaway. Um, you know, we're gonna look at the spinaway, and then we're also gonna, you know, the spinaway runs here in about what are we at here? Um we'll be about 25 minutes. Yeah. They just uh, ran the, the race. Yeah, yeah, the race prior just went off. So um we'll we'll talk spinaway, we'll watch the spinaway, we'll kind of give a reaction to that, which is the grade one um for the two-year-old. Phillies and then t- tomorrow's two-year-old uh Colts go in the hopeful, the grade one hopeful, which is the last day at Saratoga. So we'll talk about that race as well. But let's first get to Flatline. Let's go. Down at the right. Look at this. Stiletto boy express train and still last Boys and Royal girls. Come, come on. running, but he's got a good ten lengths to make up Look on at this. line. Let's see a quarter of a Look mile to this. go in the Pacific Classic. Flavion Pratt and Fly. I'm just gonna wait here. Arnim I'm gonna wait at the, at the whole eighteen with my hand out. Fifteen lengths as they turn for Woo! home now, and let's see Flavion oh, Pratt just shakes the reins at Flightline and take a good shit. look at this because you're not gonna see this too often. Maybe never. Again, flight line 20 lengths clear. Flavion Pratt takes a hold and canters in in the TVG Pacific Class. Yesterday, we saw Flightline put in one of the greatest performances, thoroughbred performances, maybe of all time, to certainly of our t- lifetime, that we've seen. Halterman, just an incredible effort. Entry into the Breeders' Cup Classic, check. He's in. Not there's any, you know, if there was any question marks, there certainly aren't any now. It's just get him to the race um in one piece that's the hope and if he does it's they're all running for second i think you know we made jokes yesterday it's like how many how many trainers were are now changing their plans it's like well eh, maybe the dirt mile makes sense now like, yeah maybe we can go do that because you know i guess you could run second in the classic but 
even you know, look at the, the the trainer comments after the race, Bob Baffert, Mandela. They're like, Shh. "Oh, we, like that was a that was a race. It, a, we raced in a race within another race. Like that was just not even. You know, this horse is a super freak." Um, and when Bob Baffert says something like that about another horse, uh, you know that yeah, he knows a little something about that. So uh, let's bring up the race here. And we'll just kind of go through it and talk about the race um, on a loop here. So they break and, uh, you know, you know, the big thing here was, like you said, Flavian, you're like, you kept waiting to go. Like, is he going to go? He made no, there's no rush whatsoever to get to the lead here. No. And I, I, I watch it now and I'm like, ah, that's weird. Like, I don't know what they're doing. And then again, like, I think the announcer even says he's probably needs to get over now. He can tuck in now. And they never did. Look at this. <laughs> Look how wide he is. It's unreal. Flavian said after the race, he wanted to keep him wide to kind of keep him from getting any kind of pressure or feel pressure um, to kind of to get, go faster earlier in the race. And I think that was probably a pretty smart move. Of course, it wouldn't make it a rain on the outside reel. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, even right here, I, t- you know, I see the magic. I'm like, he is not on the lead as they get to the backside. And then by the so- time you think that, you think, oh, no, what's going on? Then it's like, oh, wait, never mind. It, it kind of seemed like right there, like, he kind of just said, oh, forget this one horse. Like, I don't care. I'm just going to take the lead now. Yeah. And Pratt let him. He's like, okay, you can go do that, you know? But again, he doesn't run off. I thought this was a, I mean, if we're going to break down what a big key is here, I mean, he didn't just run off and go crazy. And that was a big thing. Like, you look at that, it's like, okay, 110 for six furlongs. He's, it's over. And then this is, I think it races over. Look at this. This is unbelievable. He Look got faster as the race went on. Yeah. You know, he, every, every fraction was faster. Like he, he kept cruising. Um, the time form numbers, the numbers got higher as the race carried on, which is incredible for a horse that's, it's incredible period, but for a horse that's going from a mile to a mile and a quarter for the first time stretching out and the horse got faster as the race went on. It was just truly I mean, look at this. It's 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 as secretariat like as you can find yeah. in our modern day of racing. It's incredible. And the Dubai World Cup winner is in second here. It's not like I saw people go, Wow, this field, give me a break. Like <laughs> look out, look, look. there. That's like the longest wait ever between the and what look at this. What look at the gallop out here. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the horse is gasping for the finish line. I mean, he could have gone around again, they never would have caught the horse. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. And like the Dubai World Cup winner, by the way, beat the rest of them by like five links. So it's not like he didn't fire or anything like that. <laughs> like if Flightline's not in the race, we're talking today. It's like, wow, the Dubai World Cup winner just won the Pacific Classic by five. Unbelievable. You know, I, I, yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible. It, it's really just breathtaking. And like I said, when that separation starts, it's like, oh, my God, he's burying them. But again, <laughs> when, when a horse does that and it's a little early. It's like, uh, he may hit a little bit of a wall. I think he's, he's separated enough. He's going to win. Like, I knew he was going to win when he did that. But it's like, yeah, they may, you know, they may get to him a bit. Maybe he wins by two or three. Yeah. 19 and three quarters. Anytime a horse does that, you you tend to see, okay, there he's, he's doing a see separating. Now he's going to come back to them just a little bit. And yeah. that simply did not happen here. So, no, I mean, it's just, I don't know that. You know, I just think that he maybe took a second or whatever the case. But, you know, obviously, it's his first time going two turns. But once this horse kind of got to this backside, it, he was just like, piss on this one. Like, I'm not, not sitting here anymore. Yeah. And, and I mean, at this point, you knew the one was cheap speed anyway. So it didn't really matter. Um, you still thought, OK, look at the gap between the, you know, the five here and the two and the four back there. The second pack. I mean. He's like, he's widening. I mean, it kept widening and widening. I, was, I kept watching Country Grammar thinking, all right, where's, how, is he going to track, is he going to gain any ground on, on him here? Because, you know, right here, I see him, he's pumping <laughs> on him. You're like, no, <laughs> no, it ain't happening. That little three second jaunt there, is it just, just like, that's insanity. <laughs> Look at this right here. They're almost off the screen. They are off the screen here in just a second. I mean, it's it's unbelievable <laughs> what he did. Look, they're gone. They're gone. <laughs> they're, gone. they're gone. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think yeah. Uh, 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 Nick Feldman. He was there live, and he just his comment blew up Twitter. He said, "They're dead." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
It it literally. Uh, I was talking to Ryan uh, Stillman uh, today, and he said that he he literally like sometimes we overstate sometimes. Like, wow, that horse just broke another one's heart. He's like, when he made that move, they literally all were like, oh well, forget it. You know, we're not doing that today. No, no. Uh, what was the time form number? Uh, the time form number is the biggest I've ever seen by a good margin. One fifty two. <laughs> uh time porn i i've seen a 140 141 before uh i've never seen a 152 i mean that's I, that's unheard of i mean that's incredible um i i've never seen i think about 141 or 142 i think arrogant maybe had that uh i don't know that for sure but yeah a 152 is that's unheard of so what okay so what you've had a day half a day to kind of digest this you've watched the race most of us have watched this race about 100 times since um i know i have how do you put this into perspective obviously i don't think anyone needs to explain listen they're all running for second assuming he's in the race like we talked about but how do you put this performance into perspective how good a horse is this i mean like truly in, in history i mean is he I mean, we compared him to, we've been comparing him to Pharaoh. He, he, is he better than Pharaoh? Yeah, I think so. I think he's way better. I, I, it's odd because, uh, you know, before Arrogate's run there, I really thought Pharaoh, Justify, Curlin, Zenyatta, Rachel, even if you wanted to get in some different divisions like Matoli or a Wise Dan, or, and I'm probably forgetting one or two, to be honest, but they all were in a group. And it's like, yeah, you could, argue one over the other but they all were kind of in that group of they were excellent like hall of fame horses tremendously good you know but like then arrogant happened and it's like okay all those horses are there and they're great but arrogant's talent level was just better it was just more there was more to him he could just dominate a race you know um he was better than california chrome he was better than like uh, in my opinion a lot of shared belief was or you know, again, I'm throwing out all the sources pre-arrogant. It's like they were all great. You get they're debatable. I had my opinions on who was best, but I would listen to other people. And then arrogant came around, and it's like, no, from 2007 to now, nobody's been better than him. This horse said, you just kind of laughed at it, in my opinion. I, I, I don't, I don't think it's close. I think he's way better than arrogant. Well, he, so again, he's he's redefining what greatness is if you're in the game long enough and you let it teach you it will teach you what a great horse is versus what a superior animal amongst the rest of them are and he that he is nobody could do what he just did and I, i've seen a lot of comments uh both today in the chat and and, and a lot of yesterday where it's like he you know like he shouldn't have done that or like it doesn't make sense that he did that or History tells us that that's not possible. What he just did, how I could have never played him, or I never could. Have, that's why I was against him. And it's like, to one extent, I get it. But there's every once in a while there comes around a horse that, and like I mentioned uh, to Truth Exposed in the in the in the, yesterday, I was like, sometimes these good horses don't give a shit about history. You know, they they come around and they you gotta you gotta know what you're seeing. And that's why, you know, you and I and John and all, you know, we like, we, we didn't care. Like I knew what, like, or at least we, we thought we knew what flight line was and that he was a super free course and it didn't matter how far they went or who was in the race. Like he was in a class all on his own. And sometimes you have to just throw out history, you know, with justify when he ran the Kentucky Derby, you look, you're like, he's better. Like you just like, look at him. He's just a better horse than these guys. I don't care that he's going up against history. He's just better, and he was. And sometimes you have to throw out the logics of, I mean, 99%, yeah, sure, that makes sense, because there's these horses don't come around very often. But when they do, you got to remember that. Well, I think, again, experience in the game kind of helps you and I both, because we've been told this over and over. You know, when Zenyatta was getting ready to run in the Breeders' Cup Classic, no, a, fil- a female cannot beat the males in the Breeders' Cup Classic. It can't happen. She won when, when American Pharaoh won the triple crown. No, the breeding is terrible now and, and horses aren't sound and they don't breed for distance. And there's no way a horse will ever win the triple crown. Forget about it. He won the triple crown justified for the Derby. 
everybody and their brother, even though these horses were favorites, everybody's telling us. So I don't know if they were betting with uh, the same opinions, uh, but anyway, uh, they they were telling he can't he can't win the Triple Crown. He didn't race or can't win the Kentucky Derby. He hadn't raced a two year old, like he said. Yeah, experience tells you yes, very much true. Except for cases where horses are just special, and this is this is one, and that's just yeah, like I said, experience in the game certainly ends up making a difference once you you've seen this over and over, and it's like. No matter what people think logically, there are horses that can break the logic. And it's like that with any sport, you know, there's 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 superior athletes in any sport that can break the trends or the models or the molds. And that's the elite ones. And, you know, this horse, I get it. Like you look at it, it's like he never raced over a mile and he barely has any foundation under him and, and all this stuff. And it's like, I understand he, he runs too fast early, but it's like, yeah, but this he's different. He's just different. And you know, they don't come around all that often. And when they do, you just enjoy it. Yeah. Sounds like they're going to uh, just probably, which makes no surprise, um, train up to uh, the classic uh, with him. And, uh, you know, Sadler's made note of this a lot. We've obviously seen it with his career. He's he's a four-year-old and, um, you know, he's only raced, uh, what is it? I think yesterday was his fifth time. Uh, You know, it's just, he's like, he runs so fast, so hard that, we have, you have to gap, you know, space them out enough or else he will get hurt. And, you know, Sadler, that performance doesn't happen yesterday without the way, with, without the way that he spaced this horse and, and people say, well, why didn't he run? Why, you know, why did he not run in a mile in the 16th race or something before this race? Well, <laughs> he didn't need to. So they, they just, they've had trouble keeping him sound. I mean, that's what it is. And again, that's why I said at the very first, Look, if you don't think he's going to make the classic, go ahead and bet this future pool right now because you're going to get great odds because he's in the future pool at one to two and he's taking all of the money. But if you don't think he's going to make it, the classic is is there for the taking once again. If he's in the race, ah, good luck. Um, It's uh, today, Rodney, that there's a green flash. I don't know about if you're talking about classic or not. the only awesome again is the last classic uh, winning you're in, but that's doesn't sound like he's going to be going towards that. But there is a the green flashes state Del Mar. It's a turf sprint winning you're in. Um, I, I did. I wanted to read a comment from uh, the, from Bill Mott this morning. Uh, he says we are leaning toward the breeder. Of course, Olympiad won the Jack Club Gold Cup, which we were right. Just totally, you know, he looked good. You know, he ran great. You know, he kind of got back to it. And then this happened. You're like, well, good luck. Uh, So he's like, of course, the next question is going to be, this is from Bill Mott. What about Flightline, who ran in California? He goes, they usually run more than one horse in the race and will probably be a participant. (laughs) We won two win and you're in races, and we won at a mile and a quarter. It's the end of the year with a big purse. We'll probably have a lot of interest going to Breeders' Cup Classic. We'll probably be a participant. Well, listen, he deserves it. And you 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 hit it right in the head. We said it the blinkers off. You were like, what do you think is going to happen? Jockey Club Gold Cup. I was like, we'll probably be like, okay, that was good. Like, that horse has got a shot. And then we'll watch the Pacific Classic. And we'll go, oh, shit. Like, I don't know. I, I, listen, there's there's got to be at least 10 trainers out there praying that he doesn't make the Classic. Because if he doesn't, like Olympiad, he would have a shot. He obviously faced up life was good too back and – he just didn't show up. He didn't run any kind of race whatsoever. And so, yeah, I mean, you could make a case that he could turn the tables on him. And you got Epicenter in there, and he's going to be tough. But, you know, Olympiad could inverse Epicenter. That's a toss-up, you know. So if, if if Flightline doesn't make it, sure, he's he's got a shot. If he does, then that's – I don't – I feel bad for him. You know, I feel bad for any horse that's going to be there to try to beat him because I don't know how you do it. Uh, John mentioned that if he was making the morning line for the Breeders' Cup Classic right now, he would have put him uh, probably put him at like four to five, um, which I know you and I talked a lot about on Blinkers Off. Like, what would his odds be? Would he be the shortest price in the Classic ever? Um, I think you would, would we find out that, that Pharaoh was three to five. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was three to five. So he'd be definitely pushing that maybe one to two, um, I think is very possible. I mean, if all things stay the same, right? You know, I don't know how he's not. Uh, and at one to two, Halterman, that 
is value for him. I mean, honestly, right? Well, how's it not? I, I would, yeah, I would say it is. I mean, he's not going to face any kind of company that can run anywhere close to what he's done. Um, you know, you, all you really worry about if he makes the gate is like, is there going to be some kind of massive bounce off of that? And I mean, I worry about that even even if there isn't like a bounce candidate, like you never know if they're going to show up or not, you know, stakes company, obviously they, they are a little bit more consistent, but anytime they break the gate, you never know. So I don't really worry about that, but I just look at the talent of the horse and yeah, I think he's, I think he's going to be like two to five, honestly. And by the way, all the people that were mouthing John White's morning line. <laughs> I know. Right. I mean, and I try, we tried to explain to a few people to on tell Twitter that didn't understand what a morning line was and they didn't, they didn't want to listen or have anything to do with what we were trying to tell them, which is fine. They can go on and, and, and do whatever they want to do, but he was one to five. He was one to five the whole time. It like, you know, I think he was one to nine and then he went up to one to five. He never floated past that. I, I mean, the, the morning line was spot on. And that's the thing about, I think that if, if you're betting him at one to two right now, and it's an awful bet. Cause I, and I mentioned this yesterday. It's like, I would much rather sacrifice a few, if say, I thought, I didn't think he'd be one to two. I thought he maybe even money or something, but I would much rather sacrifice some points knowing that he's in the race the day of versus playing a horse at one to two, two months before the race that, could or you know it's possible to not show up you know to, to, given his history um of injuries so well no i i don't i don't like playing him at one to two right now listen there are more bets than a win bet everybody freaks out when these favorites run the pick six paid sixteen hundred dollars yesterday you got a free pass with him you structure shit around him you play stuff around him if you don't like multi-races Play an exacta, and instead of betting him to win, like $100 to win, play $100 straight exacta, him over another horse. The exacta paid three, almost three to yeah. one yesterday. Listen, three to one on this exacta with the only two horses that had any shot to win the race. So people freak out about these one to five odds and complain and bitch on Twitter, short fields, all this shit. It's your own fault, all right? There is a hundred ways to make money with a one to five. You could have played a hundred dollar exacta with the two favorites straight and made th almost three hundred dollars profit. So just stop and think about it and look at the probables and think of it like that. Like, yeah, you can't bet him to win, but if you played him with Olympiad on Breeders' Cup Classic Day, I bet it's going to pay four or five to one, or Epicenter might be three to one. You can still get the. You can still make money using him. I mean, don't freak out about it. We could run it. We could run it back with the old flight line over Happy Saver exacta. And it might be the, ten to one. And that's not <laughs> unplausible at all. At, you no, know, um, at all. So uh, you know, just like you say, uh, the race after on the live stream, those who were watching the live stream, we got sixteen to one in that exacta because we played it the right way because we, we used the favorite, we used the horse I like second, and we boxed them up. You got 16 to one. That's how you make money in a race. that has got an eight to five horse or even lower. You could still make, but it's insane. People just like think it's nuts um, that you can play a horse. Uh, they, you know, the horse is well, one to five or whatever. Gafo epicenter double paid 10 to one on Travers day. Yeah. So it's like, ah, I'm not betting epicenter to even money. Fine. Pairing with somebody play. The I don't know what the exact to paid, but I, I think it was decent on Travers day. You, you you just have to get creative with your bets. You don't have to handicap a race and go, well, that horse is one to five, but I'm going to make up a hundred reasons why he's going to lose that don't make any sense. And I'm going to play this 10 to one over this 15 to one. And I'm going to play a $2 exacta box. I mean, yeah, you can do that if you want, but you could hey, try to play horses that are likely to come in and bet them correctly. It was 940 for exacta for buck. So you got almost 10 to one, nine to one. Uh, so you got that. nine times the value with using the yeah. second choice in an exacta underneath epicenter. Exactly. You got it's not complicated get, stuff. It's you really you got to You got to grow some, you know, and put your opinion out there. You know, if you want to make some money, it will be short price. I like, I, that's my favorite way um, to play. And I, I, I wanted to bring this comment because I, you surely are, you surely are trolling still truth <laughs> exposed. I still think the horse to beat is epicenter. That's hilarious. Oh, 
Wow. I mean, there's some people that just can't, if that's true, there's some people that just can't, they can't understand what they're seeing. Um, I'm, but, I'm a big fan of Epicenter, but he's not the horse to beat. He is certainly not the horse to beat. Um, when's your next division ranking come out? Uh, tomorrow or Tuesday, whenever Magic gets to it. Tomorrow's a holiday, so I don't know the schedule. But yeah, classic rankings will come out. Um, I've already submitted them. I think you have too. You just put yep. Flightline and that's it, didn't you? <laughs> I just left them all blank other than Flightline in the first spot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to put. No, I, I ranked them. I kept it pretty similar to what I did. You know, because I've been ranking, you have too, but I've been ranking Flightline number one Yeah. Um, in the Classic and the NTRA poll for, I don't know, since the Met Mile, I think. Since yep. they, after the Met Mile, when they said they were going to go for the Pacific Classic and go to the Classic route, I'm like, well, he's the best horse, and that's you know. So until proven otherwise, that's what I do. So I, my rankings didn't change a whole lot. I put him first. Life is good second, and uh, 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 Epicenter third. I think I jumped Olympiad back to fourth, and maybe um, Country Grammar fifth or something like that. I think that's almost exactly what I had too. I have those top four in that same order. I know that for sure. Uh, I can't remember really when. Once, in my opinion, once you get past number four, it's like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. You know, <laughs> like, like it's kind of a mishmash. I think I kept American Revolution up there like six or seven. Thought he ran yeah. okay, but you know, he had fallen out of my uh, top ten in my class. But I, I wanted to see what he did back in this race, and he, he's back in just because I think he's a good horse. He's definitely cut below, um, but you know, a horse that likes. He seems like he runs his race every time. So happy save certainly favorite. on mine. Yep, yep. I've got him like five through seven or eight. Yeah, something like that. I don't remember where I um happy saver. I've got eighth. I went uh Flightline, Life is Good, Epicenter, Country Grammar, Olympiad, Hot Rod Charlie, Cyberknife, Happy Saver, Taba, American Revolution. That's yeah. my top ten. I think um, I've got the same ten, just different order when you get to five through ten, but I feel really good about the top five, maybe top three, certainly. Past that, you can just kind of arrange them how you want, I think. So yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. We are getting close to this uh, spin away. Eight minutes. I want to talk about it a little bit before we get on there. So we'll put a bow on this. Uh, flight line wins. But I think the official number was 19 and three quarters, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, wins the Pacific Classic. Almost sets the track record. 126 buyer at 152 time form. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, obviously, just bubble wrap him, keep him healthy, keep him active. And, uh, and hopefully we can get him to the breeders cup classic flatline guys, take it in. Cause you won't see another one like that for a while. <laughs> the final two big grade state graded stakes races for two year olds at Saratoga today's spin away stakes, grade one. And of course, tomorrow's grade one, hopeful for the two year old boys puts a bow on the meet. The final day being tomorrow on Monday, but the spinaway halterman, we're going to talk about those two, these two races. And the spinaway is uh, about six minutes to post here, so we're going to talk about the race a little bit, and then we're going to watch it. We can't show it on here. People ask this every time we do live streams. We can't legally show it, but most of you, I'm sure, have your your betting platforms, or if you're watching it on FS1, you can watch it. We'll comment with you guys, and we'll watch it together, and then kind of rehash what we saw but and then we'll get to the hopeful after this so halterman this is you know both these races uh, i thought were incredibly difficult field of 10 uh lines up for this one a little bit shorter field in the hopeful uh right now you're you're seeing you know several eyes kind of across the board uh options wonder will be i'm kind of surprised is is still that favorite at nine to five Uh, but really you've got you know just cindy at nine to two uh aunt shirley at nine to one it's a huge uh Overlay, I think uh, you got uh, seven to two on Kaling, uh, Naughty Gal for D. Wayne Lucas six to one. All this money right now is going on this nine. So, what are your thoughts of the race? Yeah, it's really interesting race. This this was one we talked about it on the morning show. It, it is just a, a wide open affair. I'm with you. I I don't know why Wonder Wheel is nine to five. Not saying she can't win. Just saying she's not going to be one of my bets uh, in this spot. I'm going to go elsewhere. I, I like Ka- Kayleen Cowling, however you like to say it, the one horse for Todd Pletcher. Uh, I thought this was a really, really solid debut, one of the better ones that we saw. But my goodness, you've got the options. We talked about the coach with the number four naughty gal. Lucas has won twice already today. Maybe this uh-huh. is the third. The horse won the Adirondack and did not run straight at all. 
uh, <laughs> the entire stretch and still is able to win. Maybe he gets that corrected and she improves. Just Cindy won the, the opening stakes, the, the Schuylerville uh, this year and beat another Lucas horse that was supposed to be pretty good. Got a second timer for Bill Mott who might improve in the 10 American Rockette. I put the one on top. I went as deep as we could here. It's it's pretty unbelievable uh, how wide open this thing is to me. And I would not take nine to five on anybody in this race. Yeah, I think this is presenting some opportunity here because the Wonder Wheel is such a short price. It's given us some value in pretty much everywhere you want to go. Um, even Kaylee, a horse at seven to two, I thought would maybe be bet down. I thought he, you know, she would have a chance to be the favorite, um, honestly. So, but so that's not the case. I, uh, you know, with this kind of race, you just, you, they're doing this for the first time, you know, going this long. And, you know, obviously a lot of them, this is their first stakes race. And so you just, there's just too much, uh, too many question marks for the, you know, field of 10, you know, two-year-old fillies. Uh, so yeah, nine to five, I, I just feel like you cannot take, I, listen, I, I like the one a lot and, but I'm, as I'm sitting here looking at these, the, the, the prices, the value on the, on the six for me yeah. at 12 to one is just unbelievable. You know, getting no action on the board, um, which I didn't think the horse would get a ton of action just based off of the connections and, and only coming in off of the one, you know, main special weight. Um, but dude, like that horse ran a sneaky good race with Irad Ortiz that day. And she that number came back strong. Um, and the horse she beat, you glow girl who finished third, a very distant third, I believe like 13 links or so, came back and dominated the next time out. Uh, you glow girl that did that is that so leave no trace, a horse that is very can be tactical. I think this horse has a big shot here at 12 to one. I, I don't disagree. I think she's a, a really nice filly. Um, I, I, I'm with you, man. I, the price is unbelievable at 12 to one. There's no question. A, a great price on that horse. It, and really the way just Sydney won that stake, she probably shouldn't be nine to two either. Uh, mm. I know she was five to one on the morning line. I thought she'd be bet down a little bit more than this. So I thought she made sense. And again, the 10, I'll mention again, American Raquette. Nine to one. Yep. I mean, Bill Mott second out. We've seen, you know, a lot of times you're playing Bill Mott second out in maidens because they lost their first one, but they ran pretty well. They come back and, and now you want to play them. Uh, this horse reminds me a lot of the horse uh, that won the uh, Saratoga special last year for Bill Mott. One on debut, didn't get a great number, but second out improved like the Bill Mott's usually do and was able to win a stake. So that could be the case with the 10 here. It, again, it's hard for me to talk anybody off many of these. You know, even if you're playing the nine, I don't think you're getting the price you want, but the nine certainly can win. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I I love the 10. I thought the 10 would, I, I thought about playing the 10 as my top pick here. So, you know, we're getting close to the, getting close to the gate. Give us, uh, you know, let's, let's try to give these guys a winner here. Um, how you play in this race, uh, you know, you really, if you don't want to play the nine, you can pick your choice and, and bet a win bet here and, uh, and be just fine. Or yeah, you can play a one, six exactive box them up. Um, I don't hate that. Or even if you want to do like a, a one over, uh, you know, one over six ten or something like that. I mean, the bottom line is you're, you're going to have to get a little lucky here because you your horse could run very well and, and get third and you'd be cut off with this exactive. Well, we talked about earlier in the show about how, you know, you got the short favorites. Don't complain. Just just bet it better. And you don't really have to do that here if you don't like the nine. Like, this is a race where you can box an exacta or try and it makes sense because you're going to be playing prices. So, listen, I've got the one. I've got a one five ten exacta box in this spot uh, because the odds are there. I've got the favorite out of it. If it comes in, it's going to pay pretty well for, for a little amount. So, one one five ten for me. I think I would go one. Um, I think I'd go a one five six uh, for me. Even so. better. And and we may not hit the exacta with any of these three horses. That's how competitive this race is. So, and Jared says one six ten. I, I mean, when you play in odds, you don't have to pound any. I mean, you can if you want. If you got a strong opinion, I'm not saying don't. But if you don't have a strong opinion, you just try to play some prices and, and get it there. All right, they're uh, looks like they're about all in here. Um, we will we'll, we won't like call the race, you know, but we'll we'll give you an idea of what's going on here if you're not watching. So 
Yeah, we'll uh, do this. This will be a good race. The break's going to be really and important here. And the, the one did not break one well. One from that inside one post position. Six, oh, God, the 10. The 10 is The 10, I think, about hit the outside rail. Yeah, that's not good. And then comes a one Recovered. One is definitely back. Six is in a great spot there on the outside track in the four. No shock there. The D-Wayne's horse would try to go gate to wire. Listen, this is a quality horse that looked like she was going to roll on that. That last race of uh, the Adirondack and totally went to the outside rail. If she does things correctly here, she could be dangerous in the spot. I like where the one's at, too. If this six is good enough, they're all in trouble. Because this six has got the perfect stocking trip. Um, it's going to have to be good enough. That's the, that's the question. The nine is looming up. I mean, you want to be in this top flight right here. This is going to get really interesting. Look at this. The one's coming through the rail, it looks like. Yep. Come on. Six takes the lead. It's Wonder Wheel. Come on, six. Comes in now, the see if your six the can up there. It is Come on, six. Look at this six. Leave no trace. Oh, no, nine. Get back. They're moving for the six. Come on, six. Come on, six. Come on, six. Come on, six. Got it unless the one re-rally. Six has got it. Come on, six. Six has got it. A 14 to one. There it is. Boom. Listen, when in doubt, bet the six nine. <laughs> Woo! That was nice. That was yeah. I can't believe we got fourteen to one on that horse. Well, like you said, you you, you pick your poison, so to speak. You're picking your odds, and you you point it out immediately. It's like I don't have a strong opinion on any of these, but the six should not be fourteen to one. Let's play it. No. Where did the the ten get up for fourth? Yeah, the 10 had uh, an eventful journey, let's call it. <laughs> <laughs> Not how you draw it up. No. no. <laughs> there you uh, go, Jared. No, uh, 10 to win on the six. That's not a bad profit. Very good. 14 to one. Insane. Wow. That that was a big time performance. You know that's and that's one of those things that you just get a little lucky too because you know like if that horse was being bet down to four to one or something, I would have found that horse to be a lot less interesting. You know, that, yeah, that's just it. In these kind of big, like okay, if you're if you're playing, uh, if you are super high on Wonder Wheel, it's whatever. We're gonna play Wonder Wheel because I love the horse, but. When you got this, it's like, okay, I like about five horses. Whoa, why is that six 14 to one? Let's do it. Because you, your top pick was the one, correct? My top pick, like, yeah, I mentioned on the morning show, was the yeah. one. Right. Right. But when I looked at these, and I liked, I wrote down the six on yep. the, the pod uh, because I was like, I just think this horse, this horse doesn't get any action, is going to be way too much value. And, you know, I didn't know if he's that was the thing. I didn't know how good she was. So when she turned for home, that you know, the, you got the really good trip with her. You, you, yeah, you're a little concerned there, but you were right that the six, the nine, the one, they all sat right behind Lucasaurus who quit and, and they were all right there. And, and the six, like I said, just just went just just went gangbusters on them. Um, so I mean. I don't know what you do with the, I mean, any of these, any of these fillies excite you as we move towards the, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile? The problem with the fillies, the ones that have looked like overly good, they, 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 they're injured, you know, like, uh, like the, like prank, the Pletcher horse. It's like, that was one you're excited about injured and gone. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I think this field or this group right now is pretty wide open. Um, that, that's a nice horse. I think, you know, I think that that horse is going to move forward and at least be competitive, but their next race is going to tell the tale, right? Once they leave Saratoga and Del Mar and they stretch out a bit, that'll tell the tale for the Breeders' Cup. Yeah. Um, for sure. I mean, I don't, I, I try not to take too much stock in any of these, uh, even though it is getting late in the season. I mean, 
you know, you really start to find out about these two-year-olds as we get like a month out, you know, really close. Who's healthy? Who's going to be, you know, who's Bob Baffert have? That always yeah. is a, it's a key one as well. Who's he bringing there? Obviously, we've seen a bunch of two-year-old uh, Colts anyways. So both, I guess, but definitely the Colts side um, debut at Del Mar here lately uh, for, for Bob Baffert. And so obviously they're going to have to say, let's talk about those Colts and let's move to tomorrow, Monday, the final day of Saratoga. Uh, the boy side, the grade one hopeful, uh, race 11, 300K, two-year-olds, seven furlongs, field of six uh, lines up for this one. And, and you got nine to five on Gulfport, your favorite, Asprey Pratt. Yeah, Asprey you know, said, see you later, Rosario. Gets Pratt aboard. And, you know, Gulf, we talk about an eventful trip. Gulfport, Gulfport had that last time out. Honestly, I went into this race like, okay, I'm, you know, he, 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 sh- I'm trying to beat Gulfport. I'm not interested in playing him. And then the more I looked at all the horses, and then I went back and watched um, Gulfport, you know, last time out in the Saratoga Special, I just thought, man, he he should have won that day. And so I'm going to give him one more try. But Gulfport, are you playing him? I went I went with Gulfport one more time. I, I, I thought a lot of him. And like you said, I watched that replay back. I'm like, maybe that doesn't cost him the win, but that cost him a, a length or two at least. And uh, I think the jockey change really kind of tips Asmussen's hand of, yeah, I'm really pissed at Rosario for what he did to that horse. And we're going to go with Pratt here. Because if you remember, that was like a four horse, four or five horse field. And he got that horse in all kinds of trouble. I think with a better trip, he's going to be tough. I think it's a lot like this race that just happened, though, the spinaway. I feel like. The five's got a great shot. The six has a great shot. The three's not bad. The two was the favorite in the Sanford, you know, bet down heavy in the Sanford. I mean, horses could kind of bounce back or or take a step forward in the case of anybody but Forte. I think golf Gulfport gets it done though, but I think it's competitive. Yeah, I again, like I just, you know, you go back the two races back uh, with the Bastard Manor. I mean, Gulfport was unbelievably good, and then regressed or had a terrible trip a little bit of both um that day with Gulfport. i mean he's got to be better than that and you look how fast they ran that race you know that's a big thing i kept looking at it's like you know blazing sevens was a horse i almost put on top i i thought that horse was interesting but it's like you know ran six furlongs to 113 you go look at the gulfport race they ran six furlongs he's six and a half race but ran the six furlongs in 110 and four like this is a this is a better horse, you know. I, I feel like, and with a better trip, clean trip, I I'm willing to to, to take one more. And, and another thing too is like you're you're getting nine to five on him here, which obviously he'll be bet down a little bit, I would imagine. But this is a horse who's been sub even money his entire career so far, Gulfport. So you now you're getting maybe a little more playable price on the four, um, because of that effort last time out. It's uh. To me, this is a horse that deserves one more chance. Yep, I agree. And by the way, the horse that beat him that day is pretty darn good. That's another factor to it as well. So not the greatest trip. Maybe couldn't have beat that horse anyway. Maybe that horse that beat him is the big favorite if he's here. So a lot of reasons to kind of give him another chance. And like I said, if he get kind of gets back to his best race, I think he might just be a little bit better than these. But again, it's it's I'm not going to be shocked. He I, I have a little stronger opinion in this race than the uh, spin away, uh, but uh, still, uh, th- those horses are good. And, and with the two year olds, second starts for a lot of them, you, you don't really know how they're going to progress. I think uh, this this one's got a chance. Uh, I'm maybe unlike the spin away we just saw. This one feels like a race, but there's a bunch in here that have some potential, you know, down the road. Like Gulfport, obviously, very much could be a horse that um as well Brad. i like most strike i think he's very interesting in this race uh for brad cox this horse looks really good the uh, first two starts when won both of them again another good magic course blazing sevens um you know all these forte i mean you go down the list they're all big purchase price horse they're all got well connections um so you could imagine any of these horses being horses that we see uh down the line uh into uh you know the breeders cup and uh, as three-year-olds into the triple crown trail yeah Yep, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I, I, you know, I hate this day. I hate closing day, 
but I always do love the hopeful. So it's give and take, right? Uh, <laughs> I hate that Saratoga is coming to an end. That's awful. But hey, the hopeful is always a fun race. And listen, the coach, D. Wayne, he's won this race nine times. So maybe Bourbon Bash wakes up for him tomorrow. Well, I was just about to say that. I was like, well, shit, we can talk about the hopeful. We don't talk about D. Wayne. He wins the race every year, it feels like. And he's got two in the race. He's got two of the six. So, I mean, shit, uh, he's got a third of a chance to win this thing. Uh, and yeah, Bourbon Bash. Maybe this horse, uh, you know, gets the job done on the front end. They obviously couldn't get it done today. Pratt obviously jumps ship and goes to Gulfport, um, which was like, okay. But, you know, gets TGAF back, which is not terrible either. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, he's he's a longer price for sure. He's a little bit longer shot to win it. But that horse did run well last time, so we'll see. Yeah, um, this is a good one to watch. Uh, you know, Haltzbrin will watch it through the tears in his eyes <laughs> as, as the meet ends. Um, but, you know, the one exciting thing, Haltzbrin, is uh, it ends, and then we continue on towards uh, pretty much all, pretty much once this ends, all the focus turns into, you know, you have the, you know, Del Mar, you know, the uh, charity and all that next weekend. Um, but after that, it's like everything is focused on, the Breeders Cup. Yep, that's it. You know, all side, all side. Because you, you forget while we are two months out, you're really just looking at one more month left of preps. You know, and so that's you know these final horses. These horses will make their final preps in this last these next thirty days, basically. So it's all uh, it's all we're going to be uh, focusing on after this. Uh, but yeah, you and I both have Gulfport to win tomorrow's hopeful. Make sure you guys tune in for that. Just got to text Albert Pujols to the two-run homer to win the game today for the Cardinals. Did he? Yeah. Is this what year is this? <laughs> <laughs> well, what number is that for him? Was that five hundred? Five hundred. No, there was six hundred and ninety-five. There was some kind of record he was going for. Well, he's trying to get to seven hundred. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. What is that? Why do I think five hundred? And he's almost he's almost going to pass I, uh, a Rod. I think that put him in fourth. So, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. What year is this? Ah, uh, he's he's like turned back the clock, crazy. Um, he is one behind Alex Rodriguez for fourth all time. Wow. So his next home run, he'll be tied for fourth. He probably will not catch the top three though. <laughs> You know, I saw this crazy. This this made me think of it, Jared. Um, <laughs> I, I won't be able to to find it off the top of my head, but they were talking about you know Serena Williams, obviously th- this week in the U.S. Open and making her final you know start and whatever. And they're they're talking about when she very first I can't remember what it was, won her first match in a major or something like that, and they kind of listed off like I, I think it was like Tom Brady hadn't even thrown his first pass at Michigan. Um, LeBron James was uh, not like was in high school or, you know, uh, there was a few other ones where it was just like, it really put it into perspective how long she's been in, 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 in uh, tennis. So I thought that was just an insane stat. That's wild. Yeah. I know you don't think about, I don't know for, for whatever reason. I mean, I know Serena has been around forever, but it, I just, it didn't feel like it had been like that long, you know? Yeah. And to think, you know, because he's Tom Brady, he's old, and he went, you know, hadn't even thrown a pass to Michigan yet. I mean, that she's she's aged better than Tom Brady. Tom Brady's kind of looking rough, dude. I don't know if you've seen him lately. Tom Brady, yeah, dude, he he's like he's kind of like I don't know what his deal is. I don't either. He's like MIA on the at, at training camp, and I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know either. I don't know what's going on with him. Oh, here we go. Um, when Serena won her well won her first U.S. Open match, uh, Greg Popovich was 106 on the all-time wins list. Tom Brady had not thrown a first Michigan TD pass. LeBron James had not made his high school debut. And Tim Duncan was the reigning NBA Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year. Ah. Yeah. Those guys are old. Nuts. Wow. Wow, that's insane. <laughs> all right, it's all the time we have. Check us out at racingdudes.com for our free picks and, of course, our premium picks as well. Just click the Get Racing Dudes Premium button at racingdudes.com to learn more. 
Remember, we are your destination site for all free horse racing picks to all the major horse racing tracks. We're on Twitter at Racing underscore Dudes, Instagram and Facebook. Make sure uh, you listen to all episodes of Blinkers Off, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, everywhere you listen to podcasts, we are available. YouTube, make sure you go. If you like this video, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button, subscribe. Uh, if you're listening to this on the pod, pod version, make sure you go to YouTube and follow us. And, and we, we have all these uh, live um, you can watch us when we do these and, of course, uh, watch their live reactions and things like that. Um, again, go watch yesterday's. I think it's like it's it's great. The first one is all of us are in awe that Rosario got Warlike Goddess beat. That was the first reaction that was legendary. It was pretty. We guess we should talk about that for a quick second. But and then we followed that up with, of course, Flightline. How did Rosario? Would Rosario have gotten Flightline beat yesterday, you think? No. <laughs> Even he wouldn't have done that, right? No, no. I, I don't. I don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what he was thinking. I, I, I don't know why he didn't just start to move her a little bit early and get her out away from the rail and out away from horses and then let it fall how it falls. But you got her stopped, and now she's inside, and now when she starts to make her move – the horse ahead of her has gotten away still almost got there i don't i don't know it's just it you know it was what it was i i don't think i don't blame i don't think she was like 100 her best yesterday either so i don't think it's he's 100 percent to blame but she still had no business losing that race no i mean that was whenever they went so slow up front and he, he and then when they first kind of came around um, the finish line the first time there like he had every opportunity to get her up into a closer position just to kind of you know be a little bit closer and he didn't he kept he, he made sure to hold her back in fact he held her back in the final turn and he waited and waited and waited and even then he had thank goodness see there's a little hole there he squeezed through just to get her going but it was like talk it was like the overconfident ride of the year of the century maybe um, and it was just a frustrating loss uh, for you know a lot of people, us included, who maybe singled her and things like that. Just because it's like, if she gets beat, she gets beat. But to to literally know that she had nothing to do with that loss was was rough. I mean, again, I I don't think it was like the best performance she's ever had. But she maybe had ten percent to do with it, and he had ninety. <laughs> I'll put it like that. Yeah, and she well, could have still gotten there, but it would have been a gigantic effort. <laughs> I, and that's what we like. We I don't know that you watched that reaction too. We're like, if she wins this, she is. Yes. that's a big performance because right. it's like this gave her way too much to do. That that race was halftime of the football game, and I was watching <laughs> it, and I looked, I said, ah, that she's done. Like, there's she has no chance, and started to make that move. And I thought, well, maybe, but yeah, I mean. He, too much to do. Way too much to do. Lieutenant Dan, do you like this horse to later? I do. I think he, I think he'll be tough. I mean, I, it's obviously kind of just an obvious statement, though. You know, I mean, uh, off the layoff—that's a big question mark. But he's ran well off layoffs before. He's the best horse in the race, so if he fires, he, he should probably win that one. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's kind of been his mo, actually, where he. Fires off the layoff. That's you know, we haven't seen this horse since getting second to Golden Pal at the Breeders' Cup. So and this is flip it back around. You know, it'd be kind of weird to see a horse run in the Breeders' Cup turf sprint, go out and win the next time he runs is a win you're in for that, and then not run in that race. The next race would be that race again. Um, so three starts, two of them the same race. That would be kind of weird, but yeah. Uh, might and that's obviously that's concerning, right? right but right. I, to me, he's at that level where, like, they're bringing him back. They're pretty confident that he's going to be ready to run. Like, there's no reason to if not, you know. Right. All right, guys. Uh, we had to jump on here, you know, we'll, we'll, you know for a special uh, show. We wanted to talk about these two big grade ones at Saratoga to end the meet. And then, of course, we wanted to jump on here and talk about flight line. We'll be back on Thursday, of course, our usual time to, to maybe digest this a little bit more, talk about flight line. Um, anything that's come up since then, and obviously preview the weekend's um, the weekend's actions. Halterman, uh, thanks for thanks for making time for me today. I really appreciate this. Well, you're welcome. You know, I I always make time for the people I care about, and uh, 
it took it some convincing from you, but I, I did know. I'm kidding. It was it was fun. I I was you know because like I said, Thursday gets here. Yeah, closing week at Del Mar. You're gonna have Kentucky down stuff, and you're just you're not gonna want to sit and talk about this for 30 minutes. And we should because it's something you just don't see very often. And and like uh, you know, like Trevor Dimon said, he's like, yeah, this is enjoy it. You're not gonna see it very often, if ever. So had to come on. I agree. All right, guys. I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Altman. We'll see you next time. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes 